it's just a stupid fucking sidebar. You could cut this out probably. <laughs> I just started thinking about at some point in this influencers specifically and how they're always like the idea of life coaches and stuff. And they're always seen as like having attained this great thing. Yeah. And when we were talking about like um, people that have mood swings and stuff, like if somebody was an influencer and they were positive all the time and they were seen as being a role model for that. And then we found out that they were just hopelessly addicted to blow. Mm. Would that be like doping for them? Like, would that be like the way you look at like Lance Armstrong and no one thinks he's that great of a bike rider anymore because he was blood doping. Like the way that we looked at Billy Mays mm. or Billy, Ma what is it? Mays or May? Yeah. Yeah. Billy Mays. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was no longer, he was no longer this source of inexhaustible energy. who was just like preaching about this cleaning product. He was just a cocaine addict. Like, what is it about something like positivity that makes us fucking need it to be pure? Because if a cokehead walked up to you and said, dude, everything is fucking amazing. I can fly, dude. Like, it, oh my God, life. You would be like, oh Christ, okay. And try to get that person to a hospital. But if someone does that on Instagram and does a picture of them at the beach, you give them ad money. Is that any different in a very abstract way? Is that any different from someone who's an influencer, who's positive all the time, who makes their own like juices every morning yeah, and is vegan and is like all about the dietary stuff or like say someone, someone who's got that real LA lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a false sense of accomplishment. That's a false sense of ego fulfillment. Like I'm doing all the right things. I'm living my life the right way. And like ob objectively, a lot of that stuff is true. Like mm. objectively, yeah, you should be living your life. You should have a healthy diet and you should be taking care of the earth and you should not be in favor of the slaughter of animals. But is it the same way that we would look down at somebody for having a false sense of importance or a false sense of, or I guess just self-righteousness? Mm. Like, cause I think it's, it's different in the sense that it's not an addiction, but isn't it a type of addiction? Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I think there are all kinds of what, like the ways that in which people enhance their sense of positivity is incredibly contrived sometimes. Mm. And like their fall from grace wouldn't be any lighter mm. just because it isn't drug related, you know? Yeah. Like it, it's anything that is that false sense of positive energy or false source of positive energy. And I guess that's what I mean is like, what is it? that puts such a target, because I'm not saying there isn't one either or that it isn't good that there is one, but what puts such a target on somebody who uses like a recreational drug to get to that point versus somebody who uses a juicer. It's similar with social stuff. I mean, because like going out to like bars and stuff, or even just people that are very debonair social butterflies throughout history, it's always, they're comfortable going out for a drink. Mm. or like grabbing drinks or like, can I pour you a drink? It's always a fucking drink. If you took away a drink, there would be a lot more wallflowers in this world. But it's like, there's just, I don't know. I just wonder about some of these things. It's like, is, what is it about the purity of it or the perceived purity of it? Like, do those things end up getting a target on their backs because the things that are impure start getting a target on them because they're so obvious? Or are we looking for something else entirely and we're just branding it as these things? Because the, it's just the whole thing about influencers, really, is what I'm dancing around. Is I'm just so perplexed by them. 
Well, but that's what I'm saying is like our notion of impure, I think is, or can be multifaceted mm-hmm. because like for, for some people, yeah, the highest offense that you're, you're maybe committing is being an influencer, but having all of that positive energy and all of that productivity on your end coming from uh, drug addiction or like, mm-hmm. like being the source is, is not your personality. The source is not your sense of success. The source is this energy that is derived from drug use and is, mm-hmm. is fake and thus makes it impure. But that's what I'm saying. Is it any different than something that's maybe not a drug, but like a lifestyle that you lead that gives you an air of superiority Yeah, and feeling superior, yeah, can lead to higher productivity. Mm. But like, to me, I would look at somebody who is superior in that way. And yeah, I'm immediately going to start judging them. And I shouldn't start judging them, you know, because that's a way of making myself superior in a sense. But it is our tendency, certainly, to see Mm. somebody in a more prominent position, Mm. in a more advantageous position. And the root of judgment oftentimes is jealousy. Mm-hmm. So and it's funny because in one sense, you're like, you tricked me into thinking that I was envying your success, but now I see that I was envying your drug use. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So in one sense, you feel tricked. In another sense, oh, I don't want to envy you, but I envy your position. I envy your, your superiority, but really... I don't want to be envying your lifestyle. I don't want Mm. to be envying what allows you to feel superior, but I Mm. myself want to feel superior. Mm. And so it's like, there are these ways in which we're tricked into thinking that a different lifestyle or a different energy, a different level of productivity, a different personality, a different, our, our online persona would allow us to achieve more success. Yeah. But in actuality, what are we envying? Are we envying the success or are we envying the willpower to maintain a certain lifestyle, a certain diet, a certain exercise routine, whatever? And especially when that is betrayed, it just completely changes our perception of what success means. Yeah. But I think in either, I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but like in either case, I think we're just made to reevaluate what we're envious of. And at the core of it, I think it's like, it's a, again, a mortality thing. Like we're envious of perceived immortality. Like Mm. that's why I think the whole, the idea of positivity should be reframed in some ways is like a resilience thing because you see somebody like that who's waking up with their fucking juicer and their 12 mile run and their high stress job that they don't seem to sweat over at all. It's like kind of at the core of that, you're seeing somebody who, could be dealt a death blow and just stand back up, dust themselves off and and do it all again tomorrow and be posting about it. And I think a lot of people, myself included in some ways, are terrified of what a blow would mean for us, you know? It's like I see myself waking up in the morning, like sniffling and achy and like, Christ, why, you know, I don't have any money and all this. And I look at someone like that and I think, well, they wouldn't like shit themselves when they go to the gas station and realize like they can only put $5 in or like, you know, it's just that feeling of like a buffer, that feeling that life can still happen. You can be okay. Mm. That's what I feel like it's all of like the positivity is so 
wrapped up in that, but it's kind of misrepresented both as a byproduct and as a means of achieving that level of untouchability almost. Hmm. And when you see somebody who you realize cheated, basically, like somebody who you realize like Billy Mays was only, and I don't know if Billy Mays was actually this like beacon of hope for people. If I think it was more just kind of like, wow, that's okay. <laughs> Cause I don't know how much of like a spiritual foothold he had, but uh, <laughs> it's a weird example for this, but it was just the one that I thought of. Cause I was like, for my entire childhood, I just thought people are this happy, I guess sometimes. And then I found out, no, he just was a coke and had a crazy heart attack. And that was, and then it, after the On fact, plane, I was like, why right? was that even, su yeah, I was like, why yeah. is that even surprising? Because all of the commercials, he's screaming about OxyClean. <laughs> all of them. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, of course he's on cocaine. Like, who cares? Let him be on cocaine. But I think it was like that feeling that like he cheated. It was like the guy wasn't untouchable. The guy wasn't so happy and so strong getting through life that way. And I could be that way too. You know, he was just taking a performance enhancer and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. It's just like, well, yeah, but then look at John Belushi and Chris Farley. Yeah. They didn't cheat. No one's thinking they cheated. No. Everyone's thinking they were immensely successful and had difficult lives and needed a way to cope with those lives with, with, with that lifestyle. You don't learn how Chris Farley died and say, oh, that's why he was so funny. Yeah. You learn how he died and say, oh, he was suffering, wasn't he? Yeah. But they almost fall into like that category of like, like the rock star thing or like the tortured artist thing. Yeah. Where it's like this sort of myth around this beautiful thing that they were able to create and do. And so they're almost immortal for that other reason. Like they're the ones that have come down here to save us in a way, you know, it's like, these are the people who are just sacrificing themselves to give us this beauty. And this is the expression of that pain. It's like that other side of it. Plus they've done something, which a lot of influencers have not. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's more forgivable then too, because it's like, all right, well, they've made movies, they've written amazing jokes, they've made incredible albums. I can't name an influencer, but if I could, what would they have done? I can't either. <laughs> and it's entirely possible that I'm just really jaded because I fucking, oh, dude, influencers, man. I don't know. I just, they infuriate me, but they also fascinate me. Yeah. I had a long talk with uh, Justin yesterday about... Like, like wanting to be more active on social media and wanting to like engage more in, I hesitate to say lifestyle, but lifestyle. Yeah. Um, maintaining social connection during a time of social distance. Yeah. And this came up, you know, like sort of the idea of like attention seeking came up mm -hmm. and the idea of like kind of trying to find a medium between like the kind of attention that influencers seek mm. and the kind of mundane social interaction, like meme based interaction that comes from your typical day to day social media posts. Mm. And I don't know that I'm okay with either extreme end of the spectrum, but I'd be okay somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just like, it's been so long since I, felt really all that comfortable with 
that as a as one of my primary means of communication you know yeah. it's been it's been really since my college years when facebook was a little bit different yeah but yeah i don't know i struggle a lot with that i struggle a lot with like what do i have to say yeah like i would love to be i don't even know what the fuck insul- influencers talk about or Dude, do it's crazy yeah i've gone on a couple of deep dives into that man it's nuts how is that how they make money? Yeah, that's what I hate. I don't care that people want attention like that or want to be famous. I care. I am like weirdly offended that that buys you some level of expertise just by yeah. getting popular. Like, what the hell are you good at? You know, like who the hell said it? Some comedian said it that like that's the issue we run into with a lot of celebrities, even getting getting into hot water over like a joke or I mean like a joke on stage or like obviously like when somebody does something fucked up that's its own thing but like just when like so-and-so had this hot take on something and then they catch like crazy flack for it and uh it might have been like Tom Segura or somebody brought it up but he said like you know this is all predicated on us believing that an amount of celebrity is tantamount to an amount of expertise yeah and it, they aren't. It means you made a couple of good movies and now everybody just asks you stuff. Right. You don't have to know the answers. And that's what's crazy to me about influencers. And that's like, especially with stuff like the positivity with them, it's like, this is so baseless because they haven't done anything to prove it or disprove it or anything unrelated to it. These are just people who figured out how to kind of play this game. This is just one game out of a, m- a bunch of games. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but I think it's so dangerous to like, I don't know, project any sort of spiritual uh, persona onto these people just as like an objective thing. Cause some of them might earn it. Some of them are probably cool in that way, but just the fact that it's even called that an influencer, their only purpose is to influence at least an actor. Their purpose is to act. They're acting and that's what they do. A musician plays music. That's it. But an influencer, they just just push us around a little bit this way, that way. Hmm. That's just so crazy to me. I don't know. I mean, it seems like you. it could be a good life if you could do it uh, as an expert and morally. Yeah. I would have no problem just talking about acoustic guitars and folk music all day on Instagram Live. Yeah. <laughs> And and knowing what I'm talking about and yeah. and getting sponsored by whatever companies, you know, as long as it's yeah. done in, in an ethical way, I'd have no problem doing that. But then you would just be an expert, I think, right? Like, I might be working with a limited definition of this, too, but I feel like then oh, you so would just a, be... a line, then, between influencer and expert. <laughs> oh, big, fat line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glowing, <laughs> bold line. <laughs> I'm talking about like the people who do just like freaking reaction videos to something else that someone else did and then become like enormously famous, but then all of a sudden become these beacons for people when they're looking for like how to get out of a rut. And it's like, no, Mm. this is just a guy who posted at the right time and used the right hashtags. That's a skill for sure. Like I'm not downplaying this because I 100% can't do it. And it's definitely a skill set. But it's so crazy that like that's currently where a lot of the the toxic positivity conversation is is centered is around like how it's being handled in that circle. And I'm always looking at it like, why is it even being looked at in that circle? Mm -hmm. Why is it allowed to live in that circle? 
that's it's just such a crazy thing to me and I don't remember ever hearing about it before maybe a couple of years ago but it blows my mind that this is even an issue you know but yeah that said I would become an influencer in a heartbeat if I was ever able to figure out <laughs> I'd try to make it real benign but I'd do it dude talk about what I'm wearing and get paid a million dollars fuck yeah that's insane yeah it really is we should try to become influencers Start doing reaction videos. You want to race? <laughs> Dude, that would be so goddamn fun. <laughs> no, nothing is more intimidating to me. Like I'm, I'm currently in the process of curating offerings for my Patreon. Mm-hmm. And nothing is more intimidating to me than making videos. Yeah, yeah. It's hands-on in the opposite way that I'm used to. Mm. But I I probably have a completely skewed perception of it because it's not something that I'm accustomed to. And I'm sure that I could learn it and become very well versed in it. But this is kind of part of what I was talking to Justin about. It's like, yeah, I want to have more of a, a presence, not as like, just like as a public figure or as an artist, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I miss out on a lot of communication. I miss out on a lot of, like the shared cultural experience of enjoying social media because I rarely do. I'd like to learn how to, but that yeah. necessitates my having to post more. <laughs> yeah. And as a content creator, create more content that is interesting. Mm. And so that's what this conversation was about. And he, they actually pointed to you as someone else who doesn't like social media because oh, like yeah. me, you hesitate to post anything that doesn't have to do with craft. Well, that's twofold though, too. Cause that's like, I joke about it and stuff and I shit on it. But like part of that is definitely true that I think social media is, I mean, <laughs> it's a cancer in some ways, but other parts of that are just that I just don't know how to express myself on it. And that's the main reason yeah. I don't participate in it, because I mean, there's tons of stuff that's a cancer that I do. I smoke. I mean, that's a literal cancer, and I still do it. Like, if I believe that about social media, I might still use it. But the main thing is that I just don't know how to be myself on there. Mm. And I don't know how to fake it in a way that doesn't make me sick. And that I honestly just can't keep up. Like, I can't do comment threads. And I don't like the idea that, like, there's that instant, like, you got to respond to stuff. Yeah. or else it's already moved on. Like, I just don't have that much of an attachment to that type of technology to where I feel comfortable living like that. And that's totally a me thing. That's not something that I think is right or wrong or or strong or weak or anything. It's just, that's how I like to live. See, that's the odd thing, is that I developed that attachment for technology when I was pretty young. Mm. It was such a big part of like heading into my adult years and going off to college, being in a strange place, having to make new friends. And then of course, like learning to gain social validation through that and then Mm -hmm. having to unlearn that later, but it's still a part of me, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I very much am still attached to that social reinforcement. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, but it should be easier for me. I think that like the way that people communicate on social media, it's almost like I've seesawed with it. 
Like, yeah, it has been dumbed down and I have gotten smarter. <laughs> mm. So it's really hard. I I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. Like it's really hard to know how to express myself on social media. Yeah. And it's like, it's become such a different landscape too. Cause I was like pretty on board with it too for a while that I liked yeah. it when it was a tool. Cause it's right. not about the socializing piece at all. I like the socializing and I, I feel the same way. I wish that I could be more engaged in those ways. Like this is not a contentment thing for me. Like this isn't, I'm sitting miles away from it, just arms crossed, like sighing relief. Like this is a source of pain in my life. But I remember liking it when <laughs> everyone gives me shit for this, but I liked it when it was MySpace. Yeah. And early Facebook. Yeah. Because it was so much of a pain in the ass to use in some ways that it, it was only a tool but it was easier than just like call, like cold calling people all the time or whatever. So it was kind of like, it was just nice. It was in that sweet spot. And MySpace especially, like I only used it for my band at the time, but I, you know, I would send people messages. We would post things on there or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was just kind of nice. You could customize it a little bit. There was all sorts of blinking crap on there. Like it was just the right amount of like, you could get in touch with people a world away, but it hadn't built up this kind of, personality yet yeah and myspace kind of had that like there was a blog element to it yeah there was that like it was it was right between like open diary and facebook you know yeah it was yeah. like it was social media but it was also you could kind of craft your own appearance and you could curate your own um aesthetic and you know post multimedia pictures yeah. music and and text and like you know it much in the way that like tumblr did later on but in a, in a different way and so like yeah i i agree i i miss those myspace days and i also miss facebook being like this would serve me not at all now but like when facebook was college specific mm -hmm. and it was a very important tool to like meet your classmates and like you could actually <laughs> like there was a time when <laughs> your Facebook profile would include the classes you were registered in and you could <laughs> click those links and see who else was in those classes and use that to copy homework. <laughs> That's like what Facebook started for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are good times. <laughs> I miss that, but I think I miss that in more of a nostalgic freshman year at college sort of way. Well, there's something to that too, where like the degrees of separation from the world were fewer back then, because when yes. you think about what was expressed on social media back during that golden age, and that was, it was definitely like ostensibly primitive compared to really anything in its final form. So I, I definitely can see that this is like a little bit of like golden agey thinking here but yeah for sure but there was something there was a simplicity of like again the fact that it was a tool like the fact that you had somebody do something in real life and then post a picture of it or post about it or whatever post an invite to it but you were using social media to connect the thing that you really did in the real world to a lot more people and then those lot more people could be pulled back into your thing in the real world so there was this kind of exchange happening between something that was actually a real thing and a lot of other people who didn't know about it. And I personally think that that is a little bit more self-regulating 
and that's also something that I just personally know how to interact with more uh, more readily than I do with stuff now. Because now you get like your average like Facebook thing might be somebody sharing a meme that was shared by a meme page, and that's all that that page does is share memes that other people create. And there's layers of this. And I'm like, somebody explained this to me. It might have been Justin, but somebody explained to me how meme pages work and stuff. And then I was like, wait, so these people don't even make these fucking things? They don't even make the meme? What the hell do they do? And they were like, the, whoever it was, maybe it wasn't Justin, but somebody, they just stared at me like they, they share memes that, like, as if there's nothing else they need to do. And I was like, what the fuck? That's all that they have? That's all? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's not an existence, man. And then... I was just like, God damn, I don't understand any of this. And I can't possibly keep up with that. Yeah. But that's just become kind of self-perpetuating. And like, there's a lot more um, depth as well as latitude. And it's kind of become its own world. And that's just something that like, I think is really, it's been taken very lightly. But there's a lot more going on under the hood. And whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But I just think it demands a little bit more attention and I personally yeah. just don't find it comfortable for my, my own way of expressing myself. Well, there's a sort of uh, marriage of those two things that I think I'm going for now. Yeah. In wanting to be active on Patreon and wanting to be active uh, just in releasing more content. Mm. And when I say marriage of those two things, I mean the simplicity of that golden age social media time and the attention that it takes to engage with social media now. Yeah. And what I'm going for is a sort of accountability to keep myself accountable to, you know, posting things weekly yeah. and to write more and mm. to, you know, go through old demos and, and just like release final versions of old demos, you know, just to like catalog yeah. them properly and, like that feels really good when you just kind of get that out of the way. Things that have been lying dormant for a while. Um, yeah. I have a folder of like the ones that I have gone through and have just done like final EQs and fade outs on and stuff. And like, okay, that's the, that's the end result of that batch of demos. And then those run out and then I have to record more stuff. And then I have to, you know, even if yeah. it's a cover or even if it's a, just like a little ditty, like, something has to be ready to go and I have to be more productive and I have to be more, I have to be ready to, to meet expectations. So yeah. I'm trying to kind of play with accountability like that a little bit more, but mm -hmm. also get back to the simplicity of what was it like to just curate a blog basically? Yeah. Like 10 years, which I haven't done in 10 years. I think that's a great idea though, man. That's a, that's a really good way to be using it. Cause it is, it's, you've, you put the connection before everything else in that way. Like the connection both with your craft and with, uh, with your audience. I think that's a very like valid thing, a healthy thing. Yeah, no, I, I hope so. Um, again, like this is all new to me too. Like I have to completely kind of relearn how to, like, even if I'm doing this, who's going to see it. So I have to market it somehow. Mm. I have to learn how to promote myself a little bit better. And I hate self-promotion mm. and I don't know how to communicate in that way, you know? And I think, uh, confidence is a big part of it. Not forsaking how I enjoy communicating is a big part of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and this is not to like disparage anybody who is good at self-promotion or who shamelessly self-promotes. Yeah, absolutely. I just kind of feel like that's not who I am and maybe I ought to get myself an agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of what I mean at the core of all of this stuff is like, that is a specific skill set. Like that is something that we both know a lot of people who are really, really, really good at it and feel extremely comfortable functioning in those ways. And that's great. Like that is incredibly important in today's world and I'm very envious of it, but it doesn't necessarily come installed when we're born, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that that's wrong either. Like there are things that are fundamental to who I am as a person that prevent me from being comfortable that way. I don't know that I couldn't learn it like a skill set if I just devoted that much time and bandwidth to getting really, really fucking good and learning everything about that landscape. I could probably get there, but I would never be authentic. I would never feel comfortable doing it. And I would never enjoy myself. Mm. And I feel like that's enough you know, to not do something. <laughs> and it's just, that's what freaks me out is that that's like an expectation though. And that you are actually in some ways less of a person in the general kind of rat race of, of life. If you're not at least functionally good at those things, if not excellent at those things. Cause I feel that like isolation a lot as a result of just not being fluent in this. Right. I don't know. It's such a, it's again, a specific set of skills. There's a lot that goes into it. 